All right, it's the morning of the 27th of February. I, I wanted to lay something down really quickly because it's still I'm still kind of in disbelief. Um, this podcast with Dean Kissick, the culture writer and art writer, the idea was to do a synchronized reading of a Welbeck book. We've been talking about it for a long time. So basically, we both kind of reread the map and the territory. And partway through, partway through, we discovered, we realized maybe an hour, two hours into a three-hour conversation, maybe partway through the second bottle of a damn wine, we realized that it was literally on Welbeck's birthday. Yesterday was Welbeck's birthday. Um, I was looking it up and I noticed that. Um, and I just thought that the pod could use a quick intro. Um, yeah, or a synopsis, just for people who don't know, uh, Map in the Territory is... 2010 won the pre-goncord it's the fifth novel of welbeck's eight novels including the one that's coming out in english later this year annihilate um and the to give the quickest synopsis it's uh it's it's an artist a painter and a conceptual artist jed martin and he gets uh signed to do he he gets he's doing a portrait of a, a writer whose name is michelle welbeck and in turn uh welbeck is writing a retrospective of Jed Martin's work and Jed Martin uh, has a relationship with a young woman Olga uh, Olga, and also with his father who's dying Um, and uh, as it goes on there's a death and uh, a search to figure out the death maybe go read it if you don't want any spoilers but that's what the book is about and uh we had one thing, obviously, with these kind of conversations, is it is a little bit, you know, less an informative thing than just uh, trying to find the rhythm with what we're talking about. But we did have one kind of question. We were, like, mulling over desire and the forestalling of desire in, like, a Schopenhauerian way, which is, like, essential to Welbeck, where he has these narrators who feel so much and don't but then often they're resigned in their in their pessimism and i think that is the point of wellbeck if i were to listen back on it and interject what i would say um in the schopenhauer the end of the intro there's just this quote where um you know we're talking about everything being reduced to the market that's really the the thing that wellbeck is lamenting all forces are reduced to market forces whether that's art or sexual marketplace or ourselves as economic uh, workers and people who have to operate in, in a market system. And uh, just I'll just read this, um, where he goes, it's at the end of the intro to, the, to, to, to Welbeck's Schopenhauer book, and it goes, uh, to answer the question... So, yeah, so what to do about someone born into this situation where you're constantly forced to play by these rules, he goes, of market forces, he goes, each individual, however, can produce in himself a sort of cold revolution by moving for a while outside the flow of information and advertising. Obviously, it's social social media, attention economy also. This is quite simple. It has never been so easy to adopt an aesthetic position towards the world you just need to step aside suspend the will 
actively practice being out of sync. So that's the idea. The solution is only just a, a quiet, cold revolution is to just simply not partake in the grabbing energy all around you. And I think that is the point of Welbeck. Because he's such a romantic, you can kind of get swept up in some of the sentimentalism, which is why, you know, that's such a radical statement for him, because he feels all the things and all the draws towards different desires. But that is, I think, what Welbeck thinks. So, happy birthday, Welbeck. Here it is. And the first uh, 90, first half, 90 minutes is up and with the video and second 90 second bottle of wine is up on the patreon yeah all right here with the legend dean kissick culture writer art critic art writer yeah are you I've quit. I, I've quit all of that. We you can quit talk, all of that. Uh, yeah, I'm on hiatus. We weren't gonna we, drink. We can talk about it though. We weren't gonna drink, but it's uh, it's a Welbeck pod, so we had to drink. Yeah. Why'd you quit? Why'd you quit art writing? Cheers. Cheers. Well. You're saying you quit? Maybe I'll maybe I'll start again. Uh, you didn't quit. No, I, I am actually uh, kind of quit at the moment. I went through I went through some heartbreak. Been going through some heartbreak, uh, and I also been working on this book, this nonfiction book, two years of criticism. You hear me? Yeah. And I got some, and I got some good notes off uh, off a friend, but um. Yeah, I just kind of lost, I lost all uh, interest in writing about arts and culture. Maybe it'll come back. It just seems really stupid right now. Though I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be here with you talking about this book. Yeah. But I just lost all interest in this project I've been doing obsessively for the last uh, two years. And this is something that happens in Welbeck. Actually, it happens in Map in the Territory, yeah. which is like uh, the main book we're talking about. It also happens in what happens? Possibility Heart. of an Island, I think. Like in Map in the Territory, uh, I've even got this section highlighted. I could pull it up. I could, I could pull it up, but I'll, um, I'll explain quickly first because I made notes. Nice. Uh, yeah, I got my but wait, but what my happens to him? The main character, to Jed? Jed, who's a painter, his, uh, he falls in love with this Russian lady, Olga, Olga. who works at the Michelin Guide. And uh, he's he's making all these. She finds him because he's making all these artworks yeah. that are like close-up photos of uh, Michelin maps, yeah. kind of about France. And then she she leaves. They're not so different from the kind of work Welbeck makes himself as an artist. But she leaves. She goes back to Russia to like head up um, the Michelin guide over there. Yeah. And he doesn't stop her, and he kind of realizes the love of his life has has gone and he goes back to his apartment and he sees all like his work, you know, like you, like this, like yeah. he sees all his work sprawled across his apartment and he just decides, you know, right there and then he's like, oh, I realize like I'm done with this body of work. He starts like gathering it all up into trash bags. It's like yeah. 10 years work or something. He yeah. just thinks, fuck it. Like That's he, where lose, you're at. he loses all interest. 
Yeah, that's that is actually kind of where I'm Wait. at. I'll, I'll read you the passage. It's read page, the passage. It's page sixty-six. Okay. Maybe okay. you have a different you have a different version to me. Oh wow! What's that? Is that the UK? It's probably UK. Yeah. What so is it? Mine's louder. vintage. I think that's okay. UK. I think you just talk a little bit quieter, so you could hold it close. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm holding it close. Hold it close, baby. <laughs> sixty-six on, in yours. So. It says Jed did not react when Olga after one last kiss, walked towards passport control, and it was only on returning home in the boulevard de l'Hôpital that he realized that he had just, almost unknowingly, entered a new stage in the course of his life. He understood this because everything that, a few days previously, had constituted his world suddenly seemed completely empty to him. Road maps and photographic prints were spread out by the hundreds on the floor, and not a single one of them meant anything anymore. In resignation, he went out and bought two rolls of garden waste bags at the Casino Hypermarché in the Boulevard Vincent Oriol, then went home and began to fill them. Paper's heavy, he thought. He would need to make several trips to take the bags down. It was months, or rather years of work, that he was in the process of destroying, Damn. and yet he didn't hesitate for one moment. Damn. Makes sense. That's and, it. you know, he goes on to have, like, far greater success with his next series um, of work. Though he it doesn't bring him any happiness. He just destroyed all the map. Okay, but later... Okay, my reading of this was... I read this two times over the past, like... I've read it twice as well. Eight, eight years or whatever. Yeah, yeah, same with me. And, and the first time I wrote it, I transcribed like 30 pages of it. No, 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 I transcribed 30. Like this book, the epigraph to the walkbook was, what was this book initially? What do you mean? The epigraph to the walk to the, yeah. one of the versions of the walkbook yeah. was a line from this book. Oh, Yeah. which line? It was a line that goes, Jed continued his long strolls. I'm I'm trying to do it from memory. It's probably not exact. Um, Jed continued his long strolls during which no external impressions entered his brain, and the only and and it was for and for and the only uh, the only goal of walking was to achieve a sufficient state of fatigue. <laughs> something like that. Wow. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But I, I th yeah, that's as a young as a young young boy. I, I typed up everything, everything I, like 30 pages of everything I, I transcribed, of everything I marked up mm -hmm. from this book. And then, and then, and then last summer I started reading this down. I was like down in Miami for something. I started reading the first 120 pages. And then over the past 48 hours, I just finished that reread. So I think it was a third reread, but I was completely noticing way different things. Mm -hmm. But so, Later, Jed comes back to Ol Jed runs back into Olga. Yeah, she returns to Paris. She returns to Paris, yep. and he goes out to the the party yep. with her, and he gets very glitzy. He gets blackout drunk. party, yeah. And he pukes everywhere. Yeah. And then he goes back home with her, but he's too blackout to. He passes out right away. He doesn't. He doesn't. Doesn't. He just falls asleep right yeah, away. Yeah, he gets. Yeah. He gets. And then he wakes up in the morning, and he's devastated. Yeah, he says it's a bad sign that they didn't have sex. Yeah, it's a bad... reunited yeah. after all this time. Yeah, he was like... Yeah. But I wanted to find that part because he said something right there. 
Yeah, that's a nice part. Maybe I have that. Wait. Maybe I have I that. I read that probably notes. yesterday morning. I definitely have it. Um, I definitely have it marked. I think it's around 158 in mine. Oh, yeah. He goes, but he says something like, he just has this devastating part where he goes, uh, I found it. No. I think he says something like, um, God, you know, you get these opportunities to do, do a thing. Yeah. And they come for a minute and, and there's these little windows that happen where yeah. you can make something happen. But if due to cowardice or indecision, you miss those moments and then they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, we should we should talk about that. We, <laughs> we should, should talk, talk about that. I think I have the passage here. Find it. Or yeah, uh, read it. It's, Which it's one? the one that's highlighted. Dang, you highlighted I'm glad, it. I'm I'm glad you like this passage too. I guess it's like it makes sense that we Oh yeah, this is it. this is the one. This is the one. He goes, uh, oh yeah. She's got a great Nespresso machine. Olga was nice. She was nice and loving. Olga loved him. He repeated to himself with a growing sadness as he also realized that nothing would ever happen between them again. Life's... <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the bleakest part all the time. No, it's very... It's cathartic. Oh, this it's is good. it right here. Life sometimes offers you a chance, he thought. But when you are too cowardly or too indecisive to seize it, life takes the cards away. There is a moment for doing things and entering a possible hat. This is so funny that you marked this too. Entering a possible happiness. And this moment lasts a few days, sometimes a few weeks or even a few months. But it only happens once and one time only. And if you want to return to it later, it's quite simply impossible. There's no, I mean, this, there's no place for enthusiasm, belief, and faith. And there remains just gentle resignation, a sad and reciprocal pity. <laughs> the useless but correct sensation that something could have happened that you just simply showed yourself unworthy of this gift that has been offered. Yeah, I think. So why, go ahead. Well, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, I want to talk about this idea, but before that, I guess just, I think it's, um, it's definitely like a real recurring theme of his that there's like a few seconds that can change your life. Um, and it's something that, it's something that happens, I think, in like a few of his books. Certainly happens in like Map and the Territory. Yeah. Um, it's a part when the, the main guy, Michel, uh, the scientist, there's his, his kind of childhood. You mean Map and the Territory? Uh, sorry. Possibility. Um, elementary particles. Elementary particles, yeah. Elementary particles. There's a scientist called Michel and his kind of childhood best friend Annabelle they're like in love with one another oh, yeah. but they've never they've never done Annabelle. anything about it and at some point he comes back to the village I think his mother's dying or and she sees his car she realizes that he's back hasn't seen him for a long time um getting emotional thinking about this actually yeah, but she yeah. like she yeah. like she goes and just kind of stands outside his house and decides like you know is she going to walk up to the door and knock on it? Yeah. Or is she not? And she doesn't. And she doesn't seem, you know, then the whole life changes. And often he'll frame this in terms of uh, free will. 
you know it's kind of like you'll speak a lot about does free will exist or not how often does it exist and like there's these kind of key moments a few seconds that will change your life and it's really about do you have free will in that moment and will you do the right thing um and sometimes these moments in the book are happen when you're very young like i think also in elementary particles bruno is like a little child in a in a movie theater and he's wants to touch this girl next to him and yeah. it's, he thinks had he done this in a more appropriate way like his whole life would have been different but their characters are like i mean his characters are just so much regret he's obsessed with regret and they're constantly asking themselves how did my life end up like this do you think Welbeck saying that in those moments you're supposed like what's the effect that he's making when he's doing that is he saying that you're sp you're supposed to seize those moments or because I feel like like I feel like I I didn't even rem I didn't even remember what happens in the middle th in the th in the second third of 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 mapping the territory reading at this time like i i, I yeah. it's not that i didn't remember it like when i think back on this book i think of like i think of like him meeting olga and jed meeting olga and him taking you know her taking like yeah the the, the beginning of their courtship i think about the relationship you know between uh him and, and the writer Welbeck, michelle Welbeck, and then i always think about the end you know the, the epilogue where it gets so he he just bunkers up in yeah. that damn compound once he gets so much money for his art, he doesn't, you know, Jed yeah. bunkers up in the compound and he just gets obsessed and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, but I, f I didn't even really remember that, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. Do you want to give a, give, give a, alerts? yeah, well, we, I don't think we need to give alerts, but do, do yeah. you want to, maybe we should actually say what this book is about. Okay. Yeah. Let's say what, what the book is about. On. Okay. Let's step back a little bit. Uh, but, but, but just to, yeah, before we do, just to finish that thread, like Michelle, well, like Jed having his like one friend get murdered, right? His mo his mother his mother died of suicide, and his dad yeah. his dad just decides to self euthanize. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I somehow forgot about that. And like last year when he was all writing the Harper's thing about youth, you know being pro euthanize oh yeah, yeah. pro self euthanize i was like this is pretty random you know like but is then he pro he's pro euthanasia i thought, that, I thought oh no 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 I he's an, no, the opposite he's, my bad my bad he's anti it's right that makes way more yeah he's anti he's anti because it once you start allowing self euthanasia that's the that's the end of a a self-respecting society is what are you saying right yeah i mean right. I, i'm he's not anti that that actually makes things much I was reading that and remembering all that. I had for, I had somehow forgotten about that. And he goes to the self euthanize yeah, and he he punches the fucking he punches the lady who who self who allowed who euthanized his dad without telling anybody in the face and leaves. He, the he beats her up. Yeah. I, forgot, I completely forgot about all this, but I I sometimes think I mean also I was reading his poems, but sometimes I feel like the effect. Well, we can talk about the yeah the effect of creating having these characters who are completely devastated does something because i want to talk about why it's so good why it's so good and why it's so invigorating but why don't you go in about your connection to welbeck and, and we can say about what this book is about 
my connection or like when did you yeah when did let's pan out real, real quick did you read these books when they came out or no okay did you get on when no, did you start reading them i didn't um probably i don't know probably in the last 10 years or so yeah uh maybe a, uh, maybe a little bit more but um yeah i actually really only started reading again in my late 20s so okay. maybe a dozen years ago or so yeah like i was obsessed with books obviously novels when i was in high school yeah wanted to be a writer and yeah in my in my 20s i just drifted into like a more slothful life not um not reading so much and at some point it was actually really uh it was really like i remember when canal scards when there, there was all that like excitement or all that yeah. hype about our struggle i was in paris i was walking around uh le bon marche the big luxury grocery store with my friend matthew and he started telling me about this canal scarred book and i just thought it sounded really interesting and i kind of felt bad that there's this there's this huge thing in culture and i have no idea and i haven't been reading so i started i just really got back into reading um, you have a Adam Thurwell novel yeah. on the on the table. I feel like *Lurid and Cute* was another another one I read pretty okay. early because it was just this kind of hype book. Everyone's forgotten about it now, but when it came out, it was. Well, like he has a, like the eight. It, he has like the eight year uh, increments between drops. I gotta respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a long wait because that came out um, last fall, but he waits a long time between dropping them. So, so I just I just wanted to like. I just wanted to read contemporary literature. I wanted to, and I just started with uh, the biggest people, you know, like Welbeck's one of the biggest okay. authors of our time. Like I read like my first Franzen book. Nice. I think I read like Corrections. I read my first uh, Welbeck book. I think I read Elementary Particles, yeah. which is called Atomized yeah. in England. And um, it's one of my favorite books might be my favorite book you know i love Elementary it particles? i love it so oh, much yeah, yeah, like, i love it so much you're like journey to the end of the night as well also an amazing book but um you were I, living I, in I, I was just having this crazy time okay if you imagine just like reading like uh, not everyone likes these books but reading like frankson and yeah canalsgaard and well back and these are like amazing books to me yeah, I was yeah. in love, you know. Yeah, no, like, those are changed those, my life. Those are those are, those are the boys for sure. I was looking at the beginning of corrections recently. I I recently kind of indignantly read Franzen's 2018 essay collection, and I felt like I was the only person in America who's actively actively reading the new Franzen. What's, it, what's it called? That one. He had some good ones in there. Well, he that's another that's another thing. He has a funny uh, uh, William T. Volman essay in there because they oh. had a friendship, and then William T. Volman gets kind of like. He's kind of like crazy. He's on like, I think he's on like the FBI wanted list for like the Unabomber stuff. Like, he's like, on the FBI wanted list. Or uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. He, is he, he's, is he's, he in hiding? He's a real crazy <laughs> guy. He lives in Sacramento somewhere. But Franzen was like, wrote this he's just on the watch essay. list. Yeah, the watch list. The there watch you go. List. There you go. Not the wanted list. They're <laughs> gonna catch him at the damn award ceremony for the. But um, <laughs> but what were you doing in your twenties? You were in in you were you weren't re writing. Uh, I was working at magazines. I was okay. an editor. Okay. Working at like style magazines in, in London. In London. Yep. And, um, but I wasn't, uh, no, I wasn't 
reading a lot of literature. I don't know what I was doing. But those are guys that kind of got... Stupid stuff. Mid-2010s, kind of. Or earlier. Uh, Around yeah, 2000, like early 2010s. Beginning of that decade. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Um, and then... Uh, and I've slowly... I've slowly been working my way through Welbeck. Um... But I I don't I don't rush too much because yeah. I know I'll enjoy everyone. Like yeah, I know it'll it'll give me so much pleasure. But you were saying when we were walking that Welbeck's the only at certain t- times Welbeck's the only person you can read. Why do you think well, that yeah. is? Well, yeah, I mean, if I'm feeling bad, you okay. know, if I'm feeling um, heartbroken, okay, you know, devastated, or maybe just on a severe come down or hang yeah. but really like feeling heartbreak or angst when i first started reading him i was maybe heartbroken but i was also uh probably like a very frustrated young man like a kind of sexually frustrated young man and professionally frustrated i don't know i was just like a wreck you know so so it definitely like it 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 was definitely like hitting for me yeah then as well but um you know honestly i could i guess i could talk uh i don't have a clear reason why uh why it works so well if i'm upset or if i'm feeling emotional or bleak but i think i definitely think part of it is that it's very cathartic for me you know i think for a lot of men at least i think he's a particularly like masculine particularly like appeals to the a certain type of man okay you know, to, yeah to yeah the, the kind of straight male uh psyche right um that's definitely like his key audience but i think it's for for it's just like incredibly cathartic in the way that um say like classical tragedy was supposed to be right like it's so it's so emotionally intense it's so like kind of brutal right raw like some, something i like about his writing and and i like i i want to write about like him like i'd like yeah. to be a writer like him but i also know like there's no way i would ever i would ever i would not be capable of writing with such brutal raw honesty or like going so far i think very few people are and in terms of like the emotional power it's just it's just so like there's just so much heartbreak in those books yeah i'm not just talking about i mean there's so much like sexual frustration romantic heartbreak but there's also just so much like family heartbreak yeah so many like um there's uh and he is that person as well and it did like so much obsession with just regret and pain and suffering but it's all kind of beautiful i think and he's actually really he's actually obsessed with love i think it's maybe like the main obsession i can okay f- going through the books i mean you'd say the main obsession is just like very base lust <laughs> like a lust for like 15 year old girls right and right also just like this deep yearning for love and tender human connection and he talks about love all the time and all his characters usually have like a a fleeting moment of happiness like maybe a week or five minutes of happiness yeah in their entire lives 
I don't know. Okay, let me throw this out there. Yeah. Because I've thought about this for a long time. Like, yeah. what specifically, and it, I, I'm the same way. Like, yeah, I think it was 2015. I've said, I've talked about, yeah, I've ranted about this, but I read, some, someone randomly told me to, to read Possibility of an Island. Like, I was out biking around in New York City when I still lived in Philly. I was oh, yeah. subletting it here. And someone told me to read it randomly. So I had no. Hey, who, who told you? A random guy. Uh, like a gay, uh, I'm pretty sure a gay man a gay at a bar, man. at a bar came up to me and I was reading, I was reading a woman, I was reading a book by a lesbian woman. Like I was like really trying to be good, you know, it was a great book. That book's very good. I always tell the story <laughs> and I never give that book enough credit. It's called Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit by Jeanette Winters- Winterson. Oh, very yeah. good tw- debut. She wrote at 25. It's coming a famous of age book. Story. It's a famous book. I was reading that. I haven't to, read that actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a really uh, precocious coming of age story. You kind of can't believe she's 25 when she wrote it. So I'm reading that, and a, a gay man approached me, and he said, "What that? What are you reading?" And he was like upset. He was like, "Why? Why are you at this bar with little, you know, like your hipster shorts on, reading this?" And he reading said, oranges are not the only said, fruit. It's a good he question. Said, he said, "Read this." And I was like, "I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get right with God." Mm-hmm. And he said, no, read Possibly an Island. So I, and then that set me on a bender. And I read all, you know, all of them multiple times. But I've thought about, like, so reading at this time, there's, there's stuff with just the cleanness of the realism, you know? Like the, the precision, like the, there's formal stuff I could go into of why it's so readable and good or whatever. Or I could, like, but, but I think what's more interesting is like, like, I think the reason why the books are good and what you're talking about where with this yearning and stuff and this what like it's like it, it's like presenting a scenario where like this is why I brought up the thing about I forgot that Jed <laughs> I forgot that Jed Martin <laughs> like oh, I forgot how extreme all the circumstances were. Right, I almost blacked them out when yeah. I was reading them before. I was like, his mom committed suicide, his dad self euthanized, Michelle Welbeck, his only friend, just gets <laughs> fucking sliced into pieces for the painting that he gave his him. only friend yeah. for his paint. Like yeah, it's almost yeah. his fault, you yeah, know, because it was like the valuable too. painting he gave him of of Michelle Welbeck, and then someone wanted to steal the the the, the paint, you know. So he's all by himself now. But I think, and this is Schopenhauer, this is like what, you know, Welbeck is, Welbeck just does Schopenhauer, which is just like. What you mean? Well, Welbeck is, like Schopenhauer is all like the complete, in my, you know, I should probably, I, I know enough. I know enough to talk about it. It's I don't just, know anything it, about Schopenhauer. It's, it's the, it's, it's all pain comes from desire, like the will towards other things. And the way, the way to achieve yeah. a type of okayness is to completely suspend the will towards needing wanting and any type of desire mm-hmm. towards anything so that's what welbeck's doing over and over so he sets up these characters and they have the most devastating things happen to them he he they they, they see the world like that text you where'd you yeah i gotta read that later that text you sent me the welbeck quote oh yeah i was all by myself in the deep corner of the 12th story of the library when you sent me that about <laughs> solitude and like you know and he and he presents a view of the world that's so bleak but also kind of true but extreme you know yeah and then and the character just um just 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 stays stay just just i mean it's not whether he's good or bad he's just jed martin in his damn huge compounds just like i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna that's why he wants to become like a plant 
Like he's like, <laughs> I'm just like a plant. Like I just take in sun and, and you know, nature will come in the end and wipe away all this industry because that's his final piece, right? He's, he's picturing all these, and the industry is the striving towards achieving this and that, this and that end, you know? Mm. And he's like, and he's okay with it, right? And sometimes when it goes too far, like I remember I, I recommended a friend, possibly of an island one time, and he, he could, this is like 10 years ago. And have you read that one? I have. Yeah, yeah I, ha I have read it. And I, I was going through all my you were? highlights from it this morning. That's why I woke up. I woke up. Nice. Didn't sleep so well and just started like, nice. looking through every earmarked page on possibility of an island. Dude, I, I should I should have done that. I, w I wanted to just focus on one book so I didn't go too crazy. But but I, I mean, I've you know, I remember them pretty well. But there's a part when the love interest in that book comes back and he like goes on this whole rant about like, woman when they reach a certain he he goes on a you know he goes on some vicious rants you know about a possible way of, uh, of how the world could be and how 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 reduced everything is to like you know the rules of the the sexual sexual market i think he's yeah. warning the the sec the the capitalistic like the capitalist free market ideals like you know in the sexual marketplace and how how yeah right so like and that friend read until he had 20 pages left. And around the end of the book, there's one rant about how how he sees his love interest like way later in life. And she's all old. And he yeah. goes on like a vitriolic rant. I think she's and called Isabel. Isabel. That's why I got confused. You said Annabelle. But yeah, I, there's an Annabelle too in a different book. And my friend just came back and he's like, dude, I didn't finish the book. Like it was, I was so, it was so upsetting. Like I, I, I stopped with 20 pages left. Why? But because, 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 because. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a good. He, that's a good part. I know, but he creates the circumstances that are, he completely devast. Like, it's like that. I was thinking about that. That that this like Tarkovsky line where it's like, there's art that makes you feel good. To feel like, uh, like the, the Tarkovsky line that I posted a while ago when I was watching some Tarkovsky movies mm -hmm. about the point of art is to prepare you for death, mm -hmm. to prepare the viewer for like, or like. There's a strength in like, yeah, I would say it's, it's like, I think that's why it's, 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 it's good because you're like, or that's why it's comforting as a reader. Cause you're like, you're looking unflinching at like the worst possibilities and you're still like, I'm good. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's also very funny. It's also and, very funny. Another thing I, yeah, should, it's also very should have funny. brought up earlier. Yeah. And very, uh, very, uh, gastronomical. <laughs> Is that the right word? Very uh, sensu sensuous. Yeah, yeah, very sensuous. Very French. <laughs> yeah, I think he's very good at writing sex scenes, actually. I think he writes, like, genuinely... Like, I'll be aroused by his sex scenes. Yeah. I was talking to a uh, friend, John, about this. And he said... He's, like, gen generally, like... Like, not that many people write like good erotic sex scenes yeah at least not lately i think um i think welbeck does it well i think he's i like i, th I find it more turns me on more than emmanuel Carrere, for instance personally though he also writes good yeah good good sex writing um yeah I, i've changed a lot in all the years that i've read Welbeck. this time reading him right I, I have a meter now where if any writer tries to get me too too libidinal yeah I just, I, I just, I, I resist it. Like, I think he was. That's good. To, that's very Victorian. Yeah, it's very, very puritanical. Yeah, it's very. That's just where I'm at. I'm like, all right, cut that out, dude. Cut that. 
I think he like, goes into church and he's describing how the uh, he's like in passing describes like like how this girl who's praying his tights are. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, all right, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> but um, I was reading um, the map and the territory because I, you know, I was thinking about desire and I remembered it having some of my favorite sex scenes. But reading it back, there's not a single sex scene in there, so I don't know what it says about me. Um, he does have a he does have a very beautiful yeah. lover. Yeah, yeah, he describes like, well, Olga's she's one of, she's outfits one of the, good. She's one of the beauties of like contemporary literature. True. But again, reading it back, actually, there's only like I don't know two paragraphs, if that, three yeah. paragraphs about it is how beautiful a, she is. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think yeah, and I think another another uh, instance where where that kind of Schopenhauer idea of just like becoming like a damn plant and like not needing anything or not projecting yourself towards anything yeah is like when um like I forgot about the whole section where it switches to the pers- part three the beginning of part three switches to the perspective of the detective who yeah. finds Michelle yeah. Welbeck and is completely yeah. I mean this is also fucking so funny dude. You write a character, Michelle Welbeck, and you just have him get fucking murked. Yeah. That's so funny. It's very unexpected. Yeah. That's so, it's very unexpected. And I, I had forgotten that. I, I got shocked. I was shocked this morning. But he, they're like well, looking at the crime scene. And it's like totally just brutal and fucking gnarly. And people are puking. Other cops are puking. Yeah. <laughs> and then the main guy just uh, notices a fly. He notices a fly. like, And he's like, to the flies. This is just meat that they need. And then he goes into like a paragraph of like how flies yeah. mate. Yeah. And he's like the female fly. And then he, and then the section, it's so like that is so good, dude. You know, he, uh, and he says like, the, yeah, the female pupae like I becomes love, fertile within. I love like, all those little, yeah, all those little kind of essays. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It puts so, me, that's what I'm, yeah. But. But so you start you started reading it, searching for sex scenes, or you you just you because no, you, no, you texted me no, that you were reading. I, no, it. I was reading the novel. Uh, you know, I was I was interested recently, this year, I guess, like reading more erotic literature, or reading um, just kind of yeah, reading more sexy literature because i don't read that much like what and i was interested in um you know i wanted to kind of uh essentially like i'm thinking about what do i really desire you know i'm trying to get to the heart of like my my truest (laughs) desires my deepest desires um and for me because like you know literature is a way of a a way of doing that um because I, l- I love to read at heart. Uh, you know, we live in this city full of like these beautiful, beautiful people everywhere. I just got, but got to mix in a bit of like erotic literature. So I read George Bataille's okay. Story of the Eye, uh, which is all right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It wasn't really turning me on. But is that it's, is it's, that old? It's What's a good read. When, when's that from? Uh, I have no idea. Whenever okay. whenever Bataille was going, maybe between the wars. Okay. Uh, okay. Maybe even earlier, 1913, okay. 1908. Got you. 1929. I don't know. Um, and I re- started reading Anais Nin. 
Okay. Um, collected erotic writing. I think I have a friend. She said it was like her favorite erotic writer. But that uh, that I wasn't. I actually didn't find very. I, I stopped reading that. I liked the first story about um, this Hungarian pedophile. Okay. So that, that's good. <laughs> okay. But um, I did. But then I met a friend outside this uh, French patisserie down by Union Square the other day. And I was waiting outside Japanese patisserie, Japanese French patisserie. We couldn't oh. we couldn't get in. Yeah, somewhere for for two two Japanese Welbeck readers such yeah. as us. It's yeah. Japanese French patisserie down Very by Union Square. Yeah. And I was waiting outside because there was no space in there. And I looked up and there's a plaque on the building next next door that says Anais Nin uh, ran her publishing house here. Oh. I didn't even know she was like in New York publishing all this all these sex stories. So that was cool. But then I thought, you know what? I always really liked Welbeck's, Welbeck's, um, the way he talked about desire, but also like specific characters. I think specifically um, Olga from Map and the Territory. Yeah. And uh, Esther. Uh, Esther's the young girl from um, The Possibility of an Island. Oh, yeah. Who really <laughs> destroys that guy. Damn, damn. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of Spanish girl in Madrid. She's a good character. Damn. She's like the most erotic of his characters. There's a lot of sex scenes with her. But look, okay, so so desire. I mean, I have I have two points on this, but the, okay. the or two kind of two tangents really calling out to me. Yeah. But but one would be. So there's a Schopenhauer idea of kind of desire being the cause of suffering. Yeah. Um, it's a Buddhist idea as well, yeah. I think. And yeah, with Welbeck, desire, desire is a cause of suffering, but it's also like the cause of kind of society's downfall, essentially. Like desire is what's ripping apart society. In fact, I even think he even puts this into the 70s. I think he says, in like, well, I, I have like the, the reference, but in, in yeah. elementary particles, he's kind of mm. saying like 1974 and 1975, the world changed. Then his character, I think it's Bruno, says 1976 is the worst year of his life, the worst summer. He's just walk. It's a, it's a hot summer in Paris, and he's just walking around the city, um, you know, surrounded by these beautiful young yeah. women and girls with their clothes yeah. sticking, sweat sticking to their bodies, and he's in this com- constant state of like almost <laughs> like kind of euphoric, tortured, <laughs> hellish lust. Yeah. Um, Though, I think I think Wel- Welbeck is good at like uh, identifying social ills or things that tear you apart, but I don't know if he's good at offering solutions. Or I feel like he doesn't, like he never really offers any solutions to these problems, right? And if he if he offers them, they turn out disastrously, <laughs> and they're kind of even more dystopian because he's, he's not suggesting we should go move to a compound and turn into a plant right like that's not right that doesn't work for jed or does it it might work for jed but not everyone get has you know 60 million uh uh do- you know dollars in their bank and they can they can mi- they can pave a road yeah across their 50 hectare hectare i don't even know how to say that word hectare hectare yeah, you know, Hector. yeah, Hector uh, compound, pave a road across so they can get straight to the freeway, you know. Um, um, <laughs> but my, So they can go to the grocery so store. So they can go to the grocery store at Tuesday uh, in the morning Tuesday when no one morning. else is there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
the uh yeah, he loves grocery stores he loves grocery stores but um my favorite my favorite the funniest thing about about his uh his his theory of desire is he always goes uh you know goodwill and generous erotic goodwill and generosity is the most important <laughs> important <laughs> like in platform when he's getting blown by the girl on the beach and he's like she has such goodwill <laughs> she has such generosity <laughs> but i mean but you have to understand too especially if you're talking about elementary particles wait why was was what was 1976 okay it was just his summer because you, you know about well he's talking about society he's I, talking about well, he's he, saying in 74 75 is that birth I, control? I, I don't. I don't know what exactly happened, actually. But I can. I can read the. Um, I can read the, the reference. We'll see if it helps. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll just get. Yeah. You know about his like upbringing, though, right? Uh, I mean, elementary particles. The mother is a hippie. Yeah. And I think it's based on like his. Right. Mother, so his mom's right? a free love hippie, and then drops him at his at his uh, grandma's when uh-huh. he's really young. And that's Welbeck is his grandma's last name. Oh. Uh, yeah. So like that's and that's same with Schopenhauer. Schopenhauer hates his mom too. So it's very, very, very interesting. So it's something, something to think about. But yeah, he has a he has a complicated complicated um, relationship relationship with, with women. Yeah. With women. Well, with but but with specifically the yeah the free love like post birth control. Uh, yeah. You right. I mean. Not just that, but yeah, specifically that. Specifically yeah. that in yeah. elementary particles. Yeah. Um, I'm not even saying it. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, the last paragraph of chapter nine, elementary particles, or atomized, the vintage British edition says, a subtle but definitive change had occurred in Western society during 1945, 1974 and 1975, um, thought Bruno to himself. He was still lying on the grassy bank by the canal. He had rolled his linen jacket into a ball as a pillow. He tore up a clump of coarse, damp grass. During those years, when he was desperately trying to fit in, Western society had tipped towards something dark and dangerous. In the summer of 1976, it was already apparent that everything would end badly. Born of frustrated desire, physical violence, to a supreme manifestation of this focus on the individual, once again about to flare up in the West. Um, there's another connected passage I can read, actually, which I think is is helpful, from just like six pages later. Yeah. Oh, something I've... No, I'm going to go seven pages later. Okay. The end of the next... This is something I've kind of thought about... Um, written about but okay this comes this comes to like exactly exactly what we're speaking about okay so any philosopher not just buddhist or christian but any philosopher worthy of the name knows that in itself desire unlike pleasure is a source of suffering pain and hatred exactly the utopian solution from plato to huxley by way of fourier is to do away with desire and the suffering it causes by satisfying it immediately. (laughs) The opposite is true of the sex and shopping society we live in, where desire is marshaled and organized and blown out of all proportion. For society to function, for competition to continue, people have to want more and more until it fills their lives and finally devours them. 
He wiped his forehead, exhausted. <laughs> he had not touched his food. So, so what he's saying here is that we are just, we have this kind of sex and shopping society and we're completely overrun by desire and that desire is destroying uh, society and it's destroying us. Yeah. And he wrote this in the um, early 2000s. Yeah. And the weird thing is, I just, I don't think that's true anymore. That's the kind of mm. weird thing is like, we've been going through this like, crisis of desire hmm. and actually even shopping people don't care that much about shopping anymore like not not like they used to in the but, but like sexual desire is like i mean maybe it's coming back but as you know there's this big crisis in like sexual desire over the last five years or so like right people right. stopped having sex well they stopped having real sex or just commodifying their sexuality. people stopped masturbating as well though that's the crazy thing like yeah, there's mean, like a, a, a total kind of there was like a collapse of sexual desire you're telling me but <laughs> well that's something we should talk about as well no that's no, something I'm we should talk saying, about as well i'm just saying there's you know there's a solution to the problem of desire I wouldn't say gratify it immediately, but but you disagree with that. Well, I think I what think he's like media? I think he's like amazingly he's such a perceptive writer. Yeah. But weirdly, actually the world he predicted is not the world we live in now. Like we've kind of gone to something kind of stranger and post Welbeckian in a way. Because I don't th I mean I do not think men's frustrated sexual desire is like the kind of driving force of uh what's the driving of society force now oh, that's a good question I, I don't know i mean maybe maybe may, 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 maybe like kind of pure There's pure narcissism like pure self-obsession just like a desperate desire for attention to see yourself um at the center of everything that's what to, men to, to, to that's what men have everyone everyone has everyone Right, but that's 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 entering yourself into the rules of the market, right? It's like a fusion of. So, yeah, so it's kind of going beyond the sexual marketplace, the opening up of sexuality onto um, onto the, onto the marketplace, to like just putting yourself, putting all of life onto the kind of marketplace attention economy i mean right I, I mean i think i think i think the attention economy is tied to yeah the combination of sexual marketplace um ethics and and uh yeah like but but art but art is different art is different I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I think at the end of that book where, yeah, Welbeck is like, nature will win out. <laughs> nature wins out. And there's something beyond the small desires of like industry. And, and I don't know. What yeah. was What was the second thing you said? You said sexual marketplace. And what was the second thing that's driving? Oh, when I was, I was talking about, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's really the sexual marketplace that's driving things right i think it's like the i mean I, I i mean i think i think sexual desire has been like 
well, I think narcissism has like, okay, I think, now, to yeah, I think total self-obsession and the attention economy hmm. has, um, has dealt a heavy blow. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's what's driving society, right. essentially, but I think it's kind right. of, I, and, and I would say actually like on a more, um, I just, I don't, and look, I told you I was reading World Back because I'm yeah. trying to like uncover my, right. recover my true desires or right. like, you know, reconnect with what I really want on. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't think people know what they want in general. And I'm not sure I know what I want. I don't think as I, I think today there's a total crisis of desire acr across the board. That's why we have like, um, you know, you think of like the the 21st century person, like the new types of people. Yeah. We have this like new type of person, the influencer. Right. The job of the influencer is to show us what to want because no one knows mm. what they want. Mm. But influencers don't work. You know, advertising no longer works. Uh, yeah. You have the new, the, the creative is a new type of person. The job right. of the creative is to, like sell us stuff. Just no one knows. No one knows what they want. Our phones, you know, are supposed to show us like these algorithms are supposed to know us better than ourselves and show us what we want before we know before we know what we want. Yeah. But they don't know what our desires are. Like you can tell they're not they have no idea what we want. Um it seems like there's not only like a lack of meaning, but there's a kind of lack of collective desire. Mm. Even an an idea of what to strive for because people don't really care about being rich anymore you know like they don't that's hmm. not like that's not like the be all that's not like the big kind of goal that gives you satisfaction people don't really care about designer clothes yeah i think people yeah well, what, not like they used to not what, like what not do you, like it's a what it's drives kind of, you what drives me yeah I had someone asked me a question in, uh, yeah, I mean, in yeah, an interview. Yeah. They said, is there any purpose to having a purpose? Yeah, I mean, I was... And I yeah. started writing it. I said, yes, the goal is to have a purpose that is outside of the domain of all these fleeting, immediate purposes that everyone is grabbing. The goal is to have a purpose that is beyond... Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. Pro pro probably the wrong things. You know, like, I spent... Uh, I spent last couple years like mostly driven by writing this book okay of like cultural criticism yeah and at some point I stopped and realized like I don't hate the book but I'm like wow I just don't I don't think cultural criticism matters you are the cultural critic Dean. yeah but I hate culture but at some point <laughs> I was like I don't just hate culture I hate cultural criticism and therefore kind of hate yourself um, or you just see like complete pointlessness in what in what you do. Um, I think so. So so in a way, it's kind of been driven by the wrong thing, and it's also like you know tied up with that. There's an idea for kind of like uh, fame or success or right. like um, you know uh, institutional validation, accolades, yeah. validation, like people respecting you, right. and all. All that shit doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, I think the most, I think the most important thing in life is like uh, 
how you treat the people that matter to you most, you know, like having good relations with the with the people you love, be that a family member, romantic partner. Yeah. I think I think love is probably the most important thing, but um if uh being 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 driven is but I don't know if it's like kind of a main driving force. In fact, maybe like being driven is a bit different i have a lot of like a lot of like sexual desire like yeah. um it's the main reason i moved to new york, new york city when, you, know, when did you move here really uh maybe like six seven years ago okay, six yeah. seven six years ago yeah. but i remember like i moved to la first and i remember just like coming through um you know i'd spend a few days here on the way from london to la and just walking around new york at the time, I worked in fashion, so I'd sometimes see like models I like recognized just from like the magazine. Like, wow, everyone's just like, just like, yeah. I mean, it is it is the most um, beautiful city in the world. You come to New so York in, uh, in the summer. Well, should have written a book about um about, about New York. No, I think it was I think it was like well, this is this time of year. But so I'm saying, if you do come to New York in the summer, I mean, the first time I came to New York ever. To yeah. to live it was when I had a st- uh, that was that same summer that 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 that, that nice gay man told me to read yeah <laughs> about island and I yeah. got off at I was coming from Philly and I had a sublet in bu- deep Bushwick uh, and it was like it was like three fifty a month and it was in a punk house and it was like a it was a little closet above the practice room so I'd just be trying to go to sleep and it just be the whole place would be vibrating yeah but I remember I biked I brought my bike on the mega bus and I was biking out damn from 34th street all the way to deep Bushwick and it was the summer and just everybody out yeah no I, I feel that there's definitely a there's definitely a electricity to, but you're not just driven by section. Oh no, I was, what com- about I was coming. I was coming on to other things. Right. I mean, really, like I'm getting back on what I realized. Um, what I realized is like I need to get back to writing fiction. Right. To trying to write something. But see, anywhere what near as good as one right, of these Welbeck right, novels right. to try to write something as honest and as true. And yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's, truth. That's what, what about I really truth and and like, yeah. Yeah, that's what's important. Living I, your truth. I mean, even that, this is like deeply individualistic and, you know, the kind of, the like self-expression being an end to itself. But I'm, I'm, I'm an individualist and I'm really, I believe in like making art or like writing. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, uh, yeah, I'm very driven to write something just to, I mean, it's just, it's just fun. It just feels good when it's going well. Yeah, and I think it's about that, ra- you know, rather than kind of obsessing over being a superstar novelist, right, right, such right. as yourself. But it is cool. Like I'd like that as well. But I, get, <laughs> I definitely get too tied up in the. No, no, I'm definitely, you know. I'm definitely not a superstar novelist. I'm definitely a, yeah, definitely, yeah, interesting, interesting. I mean, what else? Yeah, what is what is driving? I mean, there's so tricky the world is so beautiful as well you know i'm driven by ju- like like i do love being alive like i mean i'm driven by like i respect by, by waking up every day and like dude, have this desperate like i want to see the world i want to see right, the world right i respect that about about you where where how just, yeah i feel like you have some of that 
<laughs> like we were joking about that funny ass line when when Welbeck goes, uh, I've relapsed into charcuterie. Yeah, and then it lists all it lists all the different the gargonzola, all the different types of cheeses. Yeah, and he's always listing cheese. Like he has an Epicurean sensibility that, or like, and and how you and like how you have like a social. I feel like you're, yeah, you. You have like a social generosity and what what do you say? It's like it's generosity and goodwill. Goodwill. Yeah, goodwill. Dude, you have to understand. Part of the reason why I want to do a part with you is because I've just been I've literally been jetted my tower. Like I don't know why I live in New York City, dude. I don't like I don't leave my like I go for a one walk a day. Like I like it was a full moon. I just go full full nocturnal. Like I just don't want to see anybody. Yeah. And and then if I invite somebody over like I had this theory where like the main the main good reason to have a, 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 a man this is crazy yeah we get we got to switch yeah switch no, over no. to the paywall but um, the, okay the, no 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 I'm just saying the main good reason I had the joke that the main good reason to have like you know as like a, a as like a kind of socially um, inept or socially not well adjusted man like the main reason to have like a a woman in your life is so that you have to keep you have to keep your space like even remotely you know what i mean yeah. like yeah you haven't done that bro really <laughs> damn dude i thought i did dude okay well i haven't because i don't have a reason to so that's why i need it that's that's why i need to have some social dude bro come on dude it's pretty good dude i've so, okay before. i mean you don't have any glasses <laughs> true true you don't true. have any of these you know up lights true where's the lamps where's, well, dude, where's the candles oh my god there's one part in here where he goes uh he's at the he's at welbeck's funeral <laughs> he's at welbeck's funeral and a woman <laughs> a woman throws a a white rose onto the onto onto <laughs> Welbeck got so fucked. Michelle Welbeck, the character Michelle Welbeck yeah, in the yeah. Big Map Territory, got so fucked up when he got. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just it's hilarious thinking of Welbeck writing himself, just getting completely sliced into a million pieces. Yeah. And then like the fucking funeral company like wanted to save money, so they just put all the pieces <laughs> yeah. into a child's a, a child's uh, child's coffin. A yeah. coffin. <laughs> child's coffin and everyone gasps they're like yo what the fuck and then like and then like and then one woman gets a white rose and she tosses it onto the onto the uh the coffin and he goes uh oh my god i opened right to it that's amazing and he goes uh and he goes uh first shovelfuls of earth <coughs> fell onto the coffin <laughs> A lone woman, aged about thirty, threw a white rose, and then he goes, "They're all." He goes, "They're good, all the same." Women, he said to himself, "They think of things that men don't have a clue about." Yeah, I remember that line. It's a very, it's a very nice line. Yeah, it's a very nice line. It's very true. Um, I was like, Damn. maybe I can read a quote. Yeah, they know about um, wine glasses. This is something I wanted to ask you about, actually. Um, serotonin 2019 yes. well that's a, that's i mean that's a counterpoint to you saying he writes good sex scenes i think in maybe three of his books there are just parts that i'm like my friend back in the day who wanted to stop reading where you just kind of i'm like i'm like the detectives at the scene of welbeck's murder where i'm kind of like puking you know puking. the whole 
the whole serotonin bit with the with the girl was was a lot. I want to smoke. I might just smoke. Yeah, yeah, you can smoke. Uh, I don't remember the <coughs> the me. sex scene. Was it like a kind of swingers club thing or? No, it's when he finds his Japanese girlfriend's sex tape of oh, on her computer. She's fucking the dog. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, I thought that was that was that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it offends our Japanese sensibilities <laughs> for sure to think of. Yeah. yeah Especially Yeah, I'm always very I get very kind of emotional about Japanese women in general because yeah. they remind me of my mother. So yeah. If I see like a lonely old Japanese woman trying to cross the road, I get yeah. very teary. So yeah. I don't want to read about her fucking the dog. <laughs> but um yeah, well, serotonin is interesting because this novel is not... This is one where it does seem like he's lost his desire and he's kind of become like... Like, this is a weirdly kind of... Like, like you say, unsexy kind of... Mm. It's this very depressed, um, sterile, kind of impotent man dying of sadness. Yeah. And it does feel like... And I think it's the first time he's written a book where it's, where it's just not so driven by, like lust and desire and it yeah. does seem very of our time in that sense mm. um okay but this connects to what we're saying but it's also something i wanted to ask you about yeah so he says men in general men in general don't know how to live they have no true familiarity with life and never feel entirely at ease in it so they pursue different projects more or less ambitious and more or less grandiose. Generally speaking, of course, they fail and reach the conclusion that they would have been better off just living. But as a rule, by that point, it's too late. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not saying I'm right for staying bunkered in my <laughs> spot and pushing everybody away. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you what's going on. Yeah, bro. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you like, you like to do this kind of thing, right? You, what? You, I mean, you like to have a kind of quite uh, masochistic yeah, or like, uh, you know, I can see why you like, like Jed living with, turning into a plant. Cause oh, like, yeah. You know, you like to go on the long walk. I mean, I mean the, the, like, well, by long walk, I mean, like, the months long walk. Yeah, the or months like, long um, walk. Yeah, becoming a plant. Becoming a plant in the in the woods. Or like, yeah, just being here and reading like 12 Emmanuel Carrere books back yeah. to back or yeah. that kind of thing. I was going back and forth between this and the audiobook of the Iliad. Oh. I've never really read the Iliad. I've never like read that. the Iliad. I was actually thinking about that recently. Dude, you gotta read the, How, how's it's the free Iliad? on Spotify. You have to read the Robert Fagel's version with the little intros with the, in between every chapter. Okay. Yeah. Um but I it was kinda interesting because that's like no, there's things to fight for and there's courage. And courage matters, you know? And and then one time, yeah, I was going back and forth between a while back. And then when I was getting too tired, I would listen to the audiobook. Sounds amazing. It was actually, it was nice. It was a full moon. The moon was coming through that window. It's very return to tradition, just, just spending every hour reading Welbeck or listening to the Iliad. But you're saying, yeah, and then one time, yeah, Hera, Hera pulls up on Zeus. And just totally, just totally like Zeus is, is helping the Trojans and you want the Achilles to win. You know, you want the mm -hmm. uh, Achaeans, I think, or the Achaeans, Achaeans, yeah. Or damn, I, yeah, Argives, the Argives to win. 
and they're pulling up to Troy and he and he, and then Hera Hera pulls up on Zeus and just like gets him all, like just completely seduces him makes him go to sleep and he gets all charged up and yeah and it was just very interesting like how it was very like yeah it was very I was like it was very uh how to say it how to say it yeah it was like men very like man from woman man from men from mars women from venus kind of you know i don't know but you're saying you're saying he's critiquing that that mode of yeah yeah definitely yeah well what's what what's definitely and i mean you know it's it's maybe something he feels himself I mean, that's how he's presented in, like, Map in the Territory. He's just, like, right. this kind of sad, lonely guy living on his own in the house. And that is, you know, that is how he lives in real life as well. Although he does have a wife, right. uh, Lysis, but she doesn't live with him. Um, <coughs> yeah, and I, I think it's a kind of recurring, recurring theme in his books is people, people not living. Um men particularly like men kind of getting caught up in <coughs> their grandiose ambitious projects or but but i also think he sees like uh, ability in this right. of sorts like in in this the map in the territory uh, jed's father is an architect and he makes a lot of money doing kind of uh, seaside resorts i think holiday resorts but at some point he talks about he tries to become a real architect He's a successful professional, and he's 40, and yeah. he tries to kind of strike out on his own yeah. and make the kind of architecture he really wants. He, he like, tries to kind of pursue his artistic dream. And I definitely, I think the message is, I mean, I definitely see that as very noble. I right. think we're supposed to see it as noble. It's also farcical. Like he fails, but you know when Jed's describing his father's architecture, it's yeah, like it's completely so deranged, and he says like it's just like a complete like <laughs> yeah. joke. Dude, and in the end, it's like a house for swallows, yeah, exactly. which, which is like a nice callback. Exactly. But it's all like it's like kind of weird, yeah. molded sort of fiberglass undulating forms with hollows instead of furniture, and he says no one would ever build this or live in this. Oh um, my god, I was dying laughing at that too, dude. Oh, yeah. But there are other characters, yeah, there are characters living. He's certainly not sympathetic to people just living like real ordinary lives, doing real jobs. But so you're say you're saying that you're saying that what but but the problem is what if everybody in society that you would supposedly be having goodwill towards and being involved with are concerned with all the problems with society that we're talking about of say <sighs> that was Please. a little bit that was a little bit circular i don't know i don't know I mean, it's not like I haven't tried. I haven't tried to to be 
involved with people and living and you know oh yeah no i'm not i'm not i'm not critiquing you you're critiquing me a little bit yeah you i guess were. i'm critiquing I, you i heard, I'm critiquing I heard myself. Clear, bro. Yeah, no, i'm asking you i mean right. I'm, I'm interested i'm interested you know i'm very interested in the question of how should how should one live well that was the i of course yeah. think it's important and worthwhile to like to dedicate yourself right to, to to have like a project a cause to like really try to try to write try to write well try to write true important and when i say like you know now i'm not saying like all oh, cultural criticism is bad it's good to write literary criticism about like good books or like serious you know or yeah. to write serious writing about interesting subjects yeah but um so much of like so much of the arts literature culture now is just not even it's, it's, it feels like unworthy of comment mm. um in the same way that maybe you might think uh most of society the literary is unworthy world. of like you know yeah. really engaging with like spending time on um and it seems very stupid it seems like a real fool's errand or a real like moronic thing to do to even think about it let alone like spend years trying to write a book about one's contempt for art say right um there's something i i, I, li I liked uh, uh okay this is a real like brown nosing thing to say but no. i liked like this uh andrew wiley andrew the jackal wiley interview i was reading the head okay. of the wiley agency okay kind of like the most powerful agent in the world now f okay um and he was talking about like mattering in the culture. Someone asks him a question about mattering in the culture. Yeah. And he's like, what, you want to matter in this culture? Like right. the culture we have now? Right. You want to matter in this? Like, right. Fuck this culture. This culture doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, he's really right. But <laughs> like. But dude. Yeah. But that's the big, that's the big thing where it's like. Yeah. It's funny, like trying to keep going with, with my writing and it's like. I mean, yeah, the book, yeah, I don't care, I don't care about the culture, I don't think Gian cared about the culture, like, I don't think the project, or, or, or cared about pleasing a certain aspect of the culture, like, yeah, I yeah. feel like my writing came out of a type of, like, complete resignation of appeasing a certain aspect of the culture, and it was just a weird series of events that led to the, it being accepted by the culture and then and i know yeah right you know right yeah and then a bunch of people around that's, that's why i think it's insane when well anyway yeah. the, when people say like oh it's it's like it's like oh this is it's like no it's like no it's not mainstream oh, dude like, it's it's rat it's it's the only countercultural thing or it's like radically counter it's like radic it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's low-key it's borderline terrorist it's it's definitely anti-american in a lot of ways it's anti-polite society in a lot of ways yeah or whatever but then it's like, but there's like a, some weird misunderstanding where it's like, because that came randomly, then if you're surrounded by people who are, who are deifying those things that you're against, then you can't be around certain people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how I feel. And then, it's, and there's different things to pursue. There are things like, like you're talking about, like fame, attention, economy, um, he, type of hedonism. Or love. Dude. Enlightenment. Well, Charity and goodwill, you know. Dude, you know, you know, I was listening. Sexual goodwill. <laughs> you know, I was listening. To, 
you know, I was listening to recently was, uh, do you know Rudolf Steiner is? Uh, yes. You do know I that is? I don't know much about Steiner. Well, you know, I like, grew up in like Steiner communities and stuff. I did not know. Yeah. My mom's a Waldorf teacher. My dad tried to be like a Steiner priest. Ah. And uh, we grew up in communities for people with disabilities, like the Steiner community. So it was just my, me, my sis- sisters and my parents and then people with disabilities and they all were, you know, so like, um, but like, and, and my mom's still kind of Steinered out. My dad's just like, he's just teaching kids English in, J- in Japan. And cool. uh, yeah, and like, but I've been trying, I've been going deep into Steiner, like trying to understand what he's about. Mm-hmm. And you know, like Steiner thought he was like clairvoyant. Like Steiner, like claimed that he was like a seer. He was a pretty out there dude. The fact that he has, I don't know, he's. He, but I was, <laughs> I was listening to this like, um, this audio of 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 one of his essays about like the the occult idea of the occult reading of of the Bible, like the Rosicrucian, like esoteric oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, you nice, know? nice. And he was, and and the main thing was that like for the Rosicrucians, like the trial of Christ is the trial is a trial that like every that's that's the initiation into the rosicrucians it's like to go through like a christ-like trial but, but i'm listening to this thing this one this is essay about about and someone was reading it like on youtube i was listening to it walking through the park and it was about how to achieve a state of clairvoyance <laughs> but and uh, you know i was like this is wow this is an essay you know mm-hmm. but he said the first thing of how you achieve clairvoyance is to be in a state of reverence and exaltation to like your true purpose or like reverence and exaltation to your to to to, to anything reverence and exaltation reverence and exaltation mm. like and there's things that attach align you more to a state of reverence and exaltation to your, to your task or what you know with with God whatever and then there's distracting things i don't know i thought that was so interesting I was like, this is about to be completely kooky, you know? Yeah. I was like, how, like Steiner, right? Like giving a lecture in like 19, in between the wars, right? Like Germany and Shambles, Austria, that whole area in shambles, you know? And he's saying how to become, but. So you have to get you, like free yourself from distraction. Well. Like, I'm trying so hard to free myself from distraction. I mean, I'm not saying it's the right way to go. I think, it it's, just, I think it's a good way to go. It might end with I think, you. I think it's a like good way Jed, to go. But, but I'm just saying like. Well, I don't mean that kind of instruction. I mean. Right. But I just mean, yeah. I think. And, and, and going back to the whole like Iliad stuff, like the idea that I feel like I would have jokes with people where I'd be like, no, we're at like we're in like a spirit. Like I look at my artistic task as like being in like a spiritual war kind of or like being in a war, being like I'm at war. Like I need to say what the thing, you know. Whatever, maybe maybe it's all narcissism, or whatever. But I don't think it is because no, I don't it's think, good. I think I don't think that most most of my art makes, fine. makes people fine. like me. <laughs> I think most of my art makes people hate me. Well, you know, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's. Uh, but I'm saying like, it's divisive. I think that if you don't feel like you can write your book of essays you're getting you're forgetting what the reason of writing the essays are yeah don't you think don't you think yeah, you firstly, have it's not a book of essays it's so this is a this is a serious like uh, it's one oh one one connected sick i didn't know that. one real book i didn't know that. but um my bad no books of essays is uh I yeah i don't know there's some I'm good ones there's some there's some good ones but so okay yeah, it's kind of 
cheating often. Do you, do you want to talk about that um, at all? No, but uh, no, it's just not interesting. Um, but it's interesting. I, to me. I, I can write it. I can write it. Yeah. But it just now seems pointless, or there seems more interesting ways of. Um, talking about what I want to talk about it's point it's pointless to like critique art as it is now mm. and it's, it's just very dispiriting it's very dispiriting to think too much about about art it makes me very depressed <laughs> to like go to go see what's up in the galleries who's and your favorite artist of uh, all time of all time contemporary contem both all time uh, and contemporary. Contemporary, I like Pierre Huyghe okay. a lot, a uh, French conceptual artist. Probably of like, I wonder, he's, he's probably of like Welbeck's generation, actually. What's his stuff like? Um, it's very, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very strange and complicated, but kind of like involves like environments and systems, um, creating like strange systems I went to see, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to explain, but creating like all over, all over environments. I think a really famous work of his, he had at Documenta, the world's biggest exhibition in 2017. Installation art, kind of? Yeah, kind of installation art, but often more like a, an environment than an installation in a museum, exactly. So at Documenta, he was just in the woods. Okay. And he took over this... Um, wooded clearing in the woods of the the park in Kassel in mm. Hesse in Germany um, out in the sculpture park okay and he the in the middle of the park there was um, a statue of a reclining woman like a marble statue I think or stone statue of a reclining woman yeah and on her head he'd installed like a beehive Whoa. so her head was like covered in like live bees Whoa. then he had a dog called uh, human. There are actually two dogs, but they swapped them out. A, a dog called Human, who was his dog. It was like this real dog. One of Human's legs is painted pink. Whoa. Human passed away recently. Whoa. And he was growing. He had a dog called you, a real dog. He, he was growing pants from plants from like um, uh, Afghanistan mostly. This was in like 2017. Um, no, sorry, 2012. He he was growing plants from Afghanistan. <laughs> on the mounds of this clearing and then every now and again they'd have like lectures on aesthetic theory or something Whoa. like that in the clearing other things going on okay. but just like these weird environments and complicated systems recently he's been kind of learning how to he's been working with a japanese scientist last few years and they've been learning how to kind of decode brain waves through with the help of ai it's clairvoyance of a sort Whoa. so like you can be in that room looking at a picture or just uh, imagining an Im image in your head yeah and then they're trying to decode your brain waves mm. um and then show the image on the screen he's working like it's not just mumbo he's working with, like a real japanese neuroscientist whoa whoa it's very a uh, very advanced stuff i think historically um historically i like uh you know renaissance and stuff. yeah renaissance stuff like yeah i like uh da vinci a lot nice that kind of thing yeah. baroque caravaggio bernini 
back to like Giotto, uh, Piero della Francesca. Are you riding? There's about a good line about Fra Angelico. In, okay. Um, the map and the territory, actually. What do you say? Yeah, I can. Okay, Wait. on. Yeah. Fra Angelico, who's you know I like going to Rome and Florence. I went to see the Fra Angelicos in Rome. So there's an amazing Fra Angelico in the Prado in Madrid. I saw. Fra Angelico. Last year, but oh, maybe I didn't. Okay, I didn't write this in my notes, but I have it highlighted because you know Jed Martin in this book. Yeah, how was you, you like all the art stuff? <laughs> uh, yeah, I like I like how he writes about art. He has yeah. artists a lot in his books, yeah. and he often has like he gives some filmmaker. Like, yeah, he gives some like funny. Um, he comes up with funny ideas for films and uh, artwork and stuff. I mean, there's one film in Possibility of an Island. I could I could read that idea of a film like yeah. it's so funny. Yeah, but um, that's enough to that film. But also, like Welbeck himself makes art. Like he makes these. He does photographs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should ask him. To, we can get him to come do an exhibition yeah. over here sometime. Yeah, we should. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know if there is. I mean, I don't like them as much as his drawing but he does he makes these photographs different series which seem to me quite similar in a way hmm. to like jed? what jed is doing here like the first series when he's photographing michelin maps that is the kind of thing welbeck's interested in but dude that's like artist. my that's like my walk too like all the maps were were yeah actual screenshots of the actual maps anyway keep going okay so jed talks about art he's talking about his former lovers Genevieve's kind of yeah. somewhat naive drawings. Yeah. And he says, art should perhaps be like that, he occasionally told himself, an innocent and joyful, almost animalistic pastime. There had been opinions like that, quote, stupid like a painter, or, quote, he paints like the bird sings, and so on. Perhaps that's how art would be once man had got beyond the question of death. Or maybe it had already been that way in certain periods, for example, in the work of Fra Angelico, so close to paradise, so full of the idea that one's time on earth was just a temporary and obscure preparation for eternal life by the side of Jesus the Lord. And now I am with you every day until the end of the world. Damn. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Fra Angelico is a great, great painter. So what you saying there, art, if once you get past the idea of death, then art can be something different? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's talking... Or, or, or he's, same idea, preparation for death. I mean, I, I think he's talking about um, art that comes from a place of, like, kind of pure acceptance of death. Right. Of, like, kind of Fra Angelico. Mm. Fra Angelico has all these... Um, uh, all these frescoes up in like the convent in Florence. I think mm. maybe he was, I mean, there's so many of them. There's one, it's like, it's a whole, is it called a convent? But like in every, in every room, he's painted a fresco on the wall and he's, and he's done, and maybe he was even living in this um, convent or monastery or mm. whatever, whatever technically it's called. He's a very like holy, holy man. Okay. Um, and, and I think he's talking about making art from the position of like genuinely believing in, god and in heaven right, and like right. having this kind of rapturous oneness right, with your right. existence and and the joy coming out of um 
you know, painting from a place of like pure peace and joy, right. which is not where Welbeck's writing from. He mentions this in another book, probably probably in a few, but he mentions elsewhere like this idea of like uh, an art, a writing or art that's coming out of a pure place of like happiness, right. celebration, to make an art that's genuinely happy and celebratory. Mm. But of course, he can't do that. Doesn't know if it's even possible. Yeah. But that's interesting. That's interesting to me as well because I think we have, uh, you know, I think the prevalent art and literature and cultural forms of the day are extremely depressing. Like art, art specifically, it's it's extremely depressing these days, and it has this very depressing view of the world. Um, and I think that's very bad because yeah. I think art plays uh, art should. It doesn't. I'm not art should uplift us, but one of the powerful things art can do is uplift us, and it can do that just by virtue of being good or being brilliant and right. transcendent in, right. in what it is. Welbeck's a good example of this. It's not. I mean, ultimately, I guess it being the the reason it um, has such an effect on me is because it's so good. Right, but it, but it's 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 that it's that thing of like looking the most terrifying looking you know looking the most terrifying possible realities straight in the in the you know straight at them and then unflinching like you know that's that that that's why it's good i think like versus art that uh, i don't know it's just the trash (laughs) yeah art that isn't concerned with stuff like that and is trying to create a, a product that appeases the tiktok market you know yeah i mean yeah that's just one that's just one strand of like no but i'm just saying like i'd say more i feel like you, you have know, to I don't believe know. I think it's okay t- i mean it's more yeah i don't know it has to matter i feel like yeah 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 do you feel like you believe in uh yeah, what's what's your feeling about God and afterlife? Well, I'm I, I have I don't think it exists. Yeah, yeah. Even zero even point one percent. I don't I I mean yeah, there is no there is no afterlife. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't I don't believe in that. It's a nice idea. There's an afterlife or this is a simulation or any of that stuff. Right, right, right. No, I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, and I don't believe in God, but, um, I mean that I can, God is a hazy concept. I could, I could probably be convinced that there's something like God exists. It depends what you mean by God. I I do like, um, I do, I do believe, uh, that, Man, it's giving me an, uh, an idea. Actually, I'm kind of like, oh wow, yeah. This is this is actually, this is what I should write about. It's yeah. something I do believe in. But but yeah, I mean, I think I believe that we don't understand anything of like the the mysteries of the universe or like you know our history, ourselves, like reality. I can definitely go along with that. Um, I could go along with like clairvoyance being real. I could believe that like. You know, that if you open yourself into a state of, like, enough reverence, you can start having clairvoyant. Because we really don't know um, 
much at all. But personally, and like, you know, not everyone agrees with this, I guess. But like, I think like, uh, we, like we're kind of gods. <laughs> like, I think yeah. like, I think humanity has reached the point of having almost godlike power. Okay. Um, I think we're the only sentient, you know, we're the only, we're the highest consciousness in the universe, in, ha- the, in the known universe, or at least. Yeah. And I think if there's other uh, high consciousnesses, which there should be mathematically, they're so far away from us in time or space that they may not, um, they may as well not exist. Uh, but I actually think like we're kind of, we've, we've, we're developing and have developed these kind of godlike powers. It's a very well back thought it, as well. Like, this is something he gets into in his books. Um, in every sense, like, I mean, I, I think we should, something I feel very strongly is that we should seed life across the universe, you know, that we should, that our role is to like spread life across the galaxy and the universe. Okay, you're talking about in like a dam, like Elon Musk. I'm more simple than that. There's a guy called Claudius Gross who's really into the Genesis mission. Um, Elon Musk can be involved to the extent that uh, to, to, to the extent that we use SpaceX rockets, right, uh, right, that to send solar sails up into the galaxy to then. But I'm just talking about like microbial life. Mm, mm. Claudius Gross. There's some great. Okay. Um, Great interviews with Claudius Gross. Great piece by Ross Anderson, I think, in The Atlantic or somewhere like that. But he, you know, it's, but this is like literally what a god would do, you know? Like you, if you close the panels of the Garden of Earthly Delights, like it's, it's an image of God kind of creating the earth, creating them. Um, no, this is what gods do would be like, you, you create a world, you okay. spread life. I think the earth is, you know, because I really believe life is beautiful and the earth is so beautiful. Um, and it's so, if we can create more planets like that in wherever we can reach in our periphery, that's the most important thing okay. we can do. You send the microbes out there, which maybe you try to accelerate it a bit, but yeah. like, so you kind of try to make evolution happen, which mm. is just what, it's like the end of like, map and territory yeah you know where he's just like watching like civilization collapse into the plants or becoming a plant himself i'm not saying like musk you know we should send ourselves into space i'm all for that but we don't know how to do that but we we pretty much already have the technology to send just life because life has never been found anywhere else but earth yeah sure it exists maybe but we do not have a single shred of evidence so we should send life but but in other things, it's just like, you know, we're doing weird shit, like um, building chimeras, building like human animal embryonic hybrids or cloning ourselves. We can like reproduce without sexual intercourse, right. which is like the huge Welbeckian theme. This is right. like the ending of elementary particles. And it's also the kind of um, the, the kind of cult religion and possibility of an island. He's like obsessed. I, again, he's he's not pro it. I'd say right, right. He's obsessed with this kind of when humans become kind of immortal and start cloning themselves, reproducing right. themselves. 
we have people now trying to be immortal you know right they've been but that's evil be immortal no just no i mean yeah i could i could, I could go for, I, I could go for that being evil i yeah. mean that ain't i ain't preparing that, that's not Wellbeckian art that prepares you for death that's trying to escape the reality that at the end of the damn book you know what i'm saying How's the end? The last videos make themselves symbols of the generalized annihilation of the human species. They sink and seem for an instant to put up a struggle before being suffocated by the superimposed layers of plants. Then everything becomes calm. There remains only the grass swaying in the wind. The triumph of vegetation is total. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. We have I, to, you know, I we, mean, you have to embrace death. Like you have to right. be a, aware of death. Right. You know, like. I like, I nearly died myself, and it's the what most happened? important thing that ever happened to me. What happened? It's like a drug overdose, like accidental drug overdose. It was a long time ago, like 10 years ago. But that's like, it, uh, yeah, it, it changed my life. Like, you should, you should think about death every, every day, you know. But if you wake up in the hospital, like, I woke up in the hospital. There's all these, like wires coming out of me all these doctors surrounding me and nurses whatever and some of my friends and it's the best thing that ever happened in my life you know that's you can't that's like an experience like no other you're very familiar with death i know and yeah like, i mean you know you got to be besides you got to be aware of that besides what i've encountered i even think my book is a, is just a you know, title aside, it's just a charting of a near-death experience. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, there's one part in the book when he's like, um, he thinks that uh, he thinks that uh, the, the 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 painting got stolen, or the the painting the the murder of Michelle Welbeck was like from evil from a. The detective thinks that the 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 he's considering the state of like real evil in the world. Right. Yeah. Like when he sees Michelle Welbeck's like decapitated body and his, his body in pieces. Yeah. And then of course they, you know, put two and two together and they realize that the, 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 the painting cost, uh, whatever, 10 million, yeah, it's like million, 900,000, 900. Yeah. You know, millions of dollars. So, it was turned out it wasn't evil it was or you know it was well it kind of was evil well it, it was, e was it was evil. obviously evil because but it was it was making the the murder look gnarlier so that it would detract from the fact that uh it was uh just uh to steal the painting oh right? i didn't even think about that that's what he said like he was like that was a genius thing because because it looked like a psycho serial killer it would have put him off the scent but the you murderer know? was a psycho though well definitely wow, that's interesting. but then he has this one line where he goes i just had it and then i closed it because we were talking about god but basically he he suddenly realized that everyone's just motivated by money and then he gets really sad he's like he, he, first he's calmed that the fact that, oh, there isn't just pure evil. It's just people motivated by money. And then like a second yeah. passes. And then he goes, and then I thought about it a second longer. And that actually made me really sad. That's what Jessalyn says. Yeah. But I wonder if like. I think there's pure evil. You think there's pure evil? Yeah. 
Who's pure evil? Oh, now, I mean, that's like a hard... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably pure th- evil. That's a hard question. No, there's definitely... I believe in pure evil. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know anyone that I describe as pure evil. Yeah. Damn. All right, so you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna. I was reading about some serial killers, actually, some child serial killers the other, the other day. Um, yeah. But they seemed. They seemed pretty evil. They were retarded, though. So that's there. They were retarded. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they have like a kind of excuse. But I was reading about these British child serial, British teenage serial killers. Damn. Yeah, evil, evil's everywhere. But I believe, you know, I believe in pure good. Yeah. Do you believe in God, afterlife? I don't. Well, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I. I, I was reading. I was reading this book. I, I actually have twenty pages left in this book. This Matthias Enard, the annual banker. This guy's great. This French writer. Do you know this guy? Same. No, same tell, translator. Tell us the book. Tell us same the translator book. as Welbeck. Frank Wynn. Frank Wynn translated Welbeck's poems. Have you ever read any of his poems? Matthias Enard, The Gravedigger's Guild. I have a book of Welbeck's poetry. Dude, they're so funny, amazing. They're <laughs> like, so funny, bro. It's amazing. It's so sad. I think I might... Yeah, I think this is the book I have, actually. Bro, I got I to gotta read it's some uh, of those before we get out of here, but... My copy is back in England. I mean, they're amazing, yeah. Listen to the epigraph of this book. Have you seen his tweets? Welbeck's? Yeah. Welbeck tweets? Maybe we can put that on the Patreon. Dude. I have like a, they're all gone, but I have like a PDF. It's only like oh. it's only like three pages or something. They're really good. Oh, I gotta see they're those. They're really good. I, I have a I have a PDF. Yeah, we'll put that on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, that can be one for the one for the subscribers. Listen to the epigraph. It's to the savage thinkers. In our former lives, we have all been earth, stone, dew, wind, fire, moss, tree, insect, fish, turtle, bird, and mammal. And it's all these grave diggers and like, and it's like, it's just take, it's, it's like a transmigration, you know, it's like people die and they become this and they become this and they become this and he, the middle yeah. sections are insane. And like, I mean, that I'm, is true. I was reading this as I was reading the Bible and you know, I'm thinking about this shit. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it just <laughs> it puts you in a different headspace when you think of life and death like that. You know, it's more, it's kind of, int- I, I more think of the effect that an idea has on how you live versus it being true or not. Right. Like if you think, yeah. Right. If you think you got to be good or bad and you're going to have eternal life and that makes you live in a certain way, good or bad. Maybe you got too intense or too judgmental. Other people, you think like that. If you read a book like this, you start thinking about, you know, then you feel a little bit more vegetal and you feel like, oh, you know, you feel more, more humble. But I have been attracted to the idea of. Yeah, I don't know. God being like the thing that's. Yeah, the thing, whatever you're distracting yourself from. God being. I don't know. I I I realize more I get some distance from my parents and how I was raised that like the idea of like you having a life purpose and a life task, or sometimes being in a relationship that feels really, really just whacked out, but but connected, you know. Wait, Ma- say that. Say I'll that be again. in a relationship that feels really difficult to a romantic relationship. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even a friendship, I guess, conceivably. But uh-huh. I was thinking about, and. My mom would just, with complete certainty, be like, "Oh yeah, that's like some uh, in another life. That was like some other life that like you guys had something you need to work out. You're trying to work, you know, uh-huh. work it out. Like these kind of ideas, or like you're here for a purpose. These are just p- 
part of my like mystical way of viewing the world i realize which is not normal mm -hmm. you know but i don't know well i, I, I mean the life purpose is it's not thing. it's not that abnormal right and no one yeah this is one of the interesting things about the the past decade i guess i think for me hmm. or so is I think it's kind of like this really fundamental shift is like people people are crazy like people believe the craziest things There's people everyone believes like these different crazy things and i don't think we really were aware of that until social media essentially right, or like right. blogging and stuff i don't think we realize we're living in this kind of um enlightenment fantasy where people are kind of like rational um acting in self-interest or like we all kind of agree on like certain agreed upon truths and it became very apparent in the last 10 years that like that is just not true at all like people are everyone is in different yeah different zone yeah yeah different and planet and we just didn't know before yeah and we're completely struggling to um c just completely struggling to come to grips with that right you know like uh and, and so now you have a lot of art culture it's, you know literature is definitely like art is like it's 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 now seen as like it's trying to like restore order like that's mm. what you know the role of the artist mm. is to like kind of impose reimpose sanity on like uh, to educate these deluded masses into like interesting believing believing these like good ways of thinking maybe that's but what i'm doing <laughs> that's, no that's not what you're known but that's you know that's not what that's not what art should should do i feel like that's what this podcast is S doing something like welbeck okay. is uh mm -mm. you know i see what you're saying that's definitely not what i'm doing in that way trying to trying to make people think correctly yeah it's, it's trying I'm, to I'm, kind of i'm not doing that trying to desperately like close the stable door after like right. seven billion horses just bolted and trying to like mm. restore order or like mm. um yeah there's a there's a nice line about god at the end of um serotonin oh yeah maybe and it's about love well you know because he's something I he's very sentimental no he's 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 very romantic very very emotional <laughs> not emotional but, but he's I, very sentimental like you, you already said it where's my yeah, very, very sentimental i read that too that, that book that book has a it's not his best it's it's good though i mean they're all good to me they're all good yeah oh, you're sad. I don't know but he's kind of talking about the feeling of love and well, he is talking about the feeling of love. Okay. He says, God takes care of us. He thinks of us every minute, and he gives us instructions that are sometimes very precise. Those surges of love that flow into our chests and take our breath away, those illuminations, those ecstasies, inexplicable if we consider our, bio our biological nature, our status as simple primates, are extremely clear signs. And today I understand Christ's point of view and his repeated horror at the hardening of people's hearts. <sighs> All of these things are signs and they don't realize it. Must I really, on top of everything, 
give my life for these wretches? Do I really have to be explicit on that point? Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's not, oh, there it is right there. That's what I'm saying. It's not that I'm, it's not that I need to stay in my tower and listen to the Iliad and I hate <laughs> life and I hate love. I've opened my heart many times. I didn't say I you just hate see, life I just love. had to see the wretchedness of humanity in its most vile form. Yeah, where do you see that? I've just seen it, bro. I've seen it. You've seen it. Um, and I've been so disappointed. I'm like Welbeck. I'm so Welbeck is not angry. He's not mean. He's so disappointed. Yeah. He's you know he he's actually devastated at the state of the world. He is devastated. At and the state that's of the world. that's what makes him a good artist. I feel like. Damn. What? Do you, we got. We'll, we'll go to two. If that's cool. Two hours, right? One forty-four. Oh yeah, we can go. We can go for a long time, actually. Cool. We can go for longer. What do you I, I, I was gonna say. Go ahead. Uh, I don't kind of change it yet. I, I was gonna like go for a, go use the toilet. Go use the toilet. Um, but I thought maybe you should you could read like a poem while I'm gone or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to go real quick? I'll, I'll think of my. Cause I have a question. It'll be a new. It'll be a new question. Yeah, yeah. I'll go real go. quick. Go. But I, I can go for as long as you want. Cool. I'm easy. I'm having a good time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> 